the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Happy Wednesday to you. Kathy Emmons in the Word FM studios, sans my on-air partner, John Hall, who's taking a day off. I hope he's having a wonderful time. I think he is. I heard from him again today. He didn't send... um, uh, a video like last time, but he did send an insulting photograph. And by insulting photograph, I mean, it was his like uh, beach setup. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got your cooler, you've got your tent, you've got the whole thing. Here's what's amazing. He's on this gigantic beach and there is not another soul on it. Nobody. I mean, like <laughs> Exactly. There's nobody there. I mean, it is just a vac- completely vacant beach except for him. I mean, what a dream. I can't even imagine. Gary, isn't that our dream vacation? Um, yeah. No, you wouldn't you wouldn't like that. You would you don't like the beach. I don't I'm not let's say I like coastline. Okay, I agree. Not so much beach. I agree. I agree. But can you imagine being like there's not another soul? I could deal with that. For as far as you can see. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, I'd like, I, I'd go to a beach for that. Right. Yeah, You'd go anywhere. You'd go in a cave That's right. for that. Right? I'd go anywhere to be alone. Exactly. <laughs> if you could possibly work it out. That is Gary, who's making the entire show work today from the uh, other room. Um, hey, we've got a lot waiting for us today over the next two hours, and I'm glad you're here. Um, In the 5 o'clock hour, Dave Moore, uh, he was a uh, pastor, uh, church leader here in the Pittsburgh area for several years before making a big move with his family out to South Dakota. He's been there for a couple years, and he's going to reflect on the differences between living in the Northeast, living in the Midwest, and particularly how people approach church differently in different parts of the United States. So I'm very interested in this conversation. That'll come up in our 5 o'clock hour. Also, there's a new cancer drug, which apparently beats chemotherapy in a new study. This is groundbreaking news um, in the science world. So we're going to talk about that. Also, the time of day you eat could make a difference to your mental health. Okay. Now, if, if the... I'll just give you a little hint. I like to eat late at night. That is not what the experts recommend. Isn't that tragic? That's so very, very sad. You know, I wish somebody would say, you know what? Getting up early is bad for you. And I would say, great. I totally sign on for that. Experts always recommend the thing I don't do. 
Anyway, coming up in this hour, uh, we'll talk about hospitality with Amy Julia Becker. The weekend to remember is coming to Pittsburgh. We'll have Bruce and Julie Boyd on in a little bit. But before we do any of that, Gary, I do believe it's time, perhaps even past time, for the top four. It's probably not past time, but here it is. Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. Here you go with number one. In a live TV broadcast, Queen Elizabeth II's coffin was taken from Buckingham Palace on a long journey to Westminster Hall, where she will lie in state until her funeral on Monday. King Charles and his siblings led the procession behind the late queen and her horse-drawn cortege. A short service began after the coffin reached Westminster Hall, conducted by the Archbishop of Canterbury with the royal family in attendance. Members of the public will be able to visit the Queen's Coffin at Westminster Hall to pay their respects. Um, That'll start tonight in London at 5 p.m. They're expecting over a million visitors. President Biden spoke with King Charles III today. The White House said in the first call between the two since the death of the Queen last week, the president expressed his condolences to the new monarch in the call, according to a summary released by the White House today, quote, and conveyed his wish to continue a close relationship with the king. Number two. Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that, as measured by the Consumer Price Index, the annual rate of inflation decreased in August for a second consecutive month. Now, you'd think that that was good news, and it is good news, but the figure was driven largely by falling gas prices. Now, the problem is that there were still alarming rates of inflation in other areas of the economy, like things important to us, such as food, shelter, medical care, furniture, cars, and trucks. Core inflation, which excludes that drop in energy prices and the jump in food prices, increased at a 6.8% annual rate in August. That is really bad news, and that ensures, I promise, the Fed will continue aggressively hiking interest rates in the coming months. And, of course, we all know that stocks tumbled yesterday, though after today they have recovered a bit. That's from today's dispatch. Number three. The primary season officially over after Democratic and Republican voters in New Hampshire, Delaware and Rhode Island went to the polls yesterday. In New Hampshire's GOP Senate primary, retired Brigadier General Donald Bolduke, a MAGA candidate who denies the legitimacy of the 2020 election, narrowly edged out State Senator Chuck Morse, who conceded around 2 a.m. this morning. Now, here's what is important to me about this race. The Democratic Party poured more than $3 million to support the MAGA candidate, Bolduc. Okay, now you heard me. I said that the Democratic candidate paid $3 million into the campaign chest of the MAGA candidate. So in spite of everything we heard from the president a week and a half ago, that this splinter group is is a danger to democracy, his party did not mind funding it because, of course, they're assuming that they can be, that he can be defeated in the general election a terrible, terrible president. Number four, West Virginia's legislature passed a bill restricting abortion access yesterday with the Senate and House voting 22-7 and 77-17 in favor, respectively. 
The legislation, which Governor Jim Justice is expected to sign, would prohibit doctors in the state from performing abortions at any point during a pregnancy, with exceptions for rape, incest, and the life or health of the mother. Thanks to the dispatch for that report. And that is your top four at four. Alrighty, well, that's a lot, but we have even much more to get to in this hour. So we're going to take a break when I come back. Back to school photos. You see them all over Facebook or Instagram or whatever. What about your single friends? Difficult thing to navigate? We'll talk to Anna Broadway coming up next. Stay with us. 101.5 WORD. Where things are really cooking, as well as baking, frying, and grilling. Got a favorite recipe you'd like to share? A longtime favorite family recipe. It could win you a $1,000 Williams-Sonoma shopping spree. If you love being around a hot stove. Being in the kitchen, cooking, I really love that. Enter the Your Favorite Recipe sweepstakes today. Not only could you win lots of new cookware and cutlery, but your recipe could be published. Just go to wordfm.com slash yummy. That's wordfm.com slash yummy. When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and about the content of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 24th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 24th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. More at findyourchristiancollege.com. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian health care sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. At the Original Mattress Factory, quality is at the heart of everything we do. While mainstream mattress companies have decreased their quality to cut costs, OMF still hand-builds our mattresses and box springs to last. We build two-sided mattresses that can be flipped and rotated to improve long-term comfort and durability. We also build real flexing box springs that act as a shock absorber for the mattress. It's all designed with you in mind. Visit an OMF location today to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. There are certain times on social media where, you know, you just see post after post after post. Might be Mother's Day, might be, you know, Christmas, that sort of thing. Well, I think that the first day of school would come in the top five. 
And so people are posting, hey, these are my three kids and they're starting 11th grade, 9th grade and 4th grade. Or these are my three, you know, uh, kids who are in 3rd grade, 5th grade and here's I'm holding the baby or whatever it is. And you see you kind of scroll through there and you think, oh, you know, aren't they super cute and uh, all of that. But until I talk to our next guest um, via phone today. I had never really thought about what the back-to-school time might be like for someone who's single and doesn't have kids. So I'm always happy to talk to Anna Broadway because she makes me think about things that I would not think about otherwise. She's a terrific author of Sexless in the City, a memoir of reluctant chastity. She's currently working on a book based on her singleness research. Anna, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's so good to be back. So tell me, Anna, about how you respond to the social media posts. It's back to school time. Uh, What does it make you think? Well, of course, I love watching my friends' kids grow, but there's also always this reminder of the future I hoped for that hasn't worked out for me. And I think, you know, depending on where I'm at with God on a particular day, sometimes I just kind of shrug it off, and other times it's easier to feel sad and sorry for myself. Yeah. So um, I hate to ask such a simplistic question as what is the answer to that? Um, Because I don't know, (laughs) I don't think that there is one. But I do think it's one of those moments when it's important to think beyond where we are on both sides and say, wait, people are having different experiences today than I am. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about it a little bit ago, and I was reminded of a few years ago when I lived in the Bay Area, and I had this tradition that every October, my friend and I would get together with her kids, and we would carve pumpkins and usually make, you know, like muffins or roast the seeds or something like that. And even though I didn't have kids, because of my relationship with that family, there was still a way for me to participate in their life and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was that was something that I think helped me. And it was something, you know, at certain times I did post pictures from, not to be like, look, there are kids in my life, but, you know, just because it has been a fun thing that we did together. And I think being single and not having children, which, of course, sometimes happens to people who are married, too, either by their choice or the way that life works out, it doesn't mean we don't have children in our lives. In fact, I Mm -hmm. think God wants all of us to be involved in the lives of children. Sure. And you can be, you know, their mom's cool friend, right? Yes. Well, you know, I spent about three years when I was living in the Bay Area, living in a large building that had been originally built as a convent. And so there was just no way you could divide it into small apartments. The only way to live there was for a group of people that was more than a family. And so I lived there with several other singles, and there was always at least one family with young kids living in the house during those three years. And I remember the parents remarking how grateful they were that their kids were growing up around so many adults because they had access to people with so many other interests and areas of expertise. And like the parents had some sense, I think, that it wasn't just on their shoulders 
to introduce their children to the world and teach them about life and what it means to be human. Oh my gosh, that is so true, Anna. Um, the church that I go to is on a college campus. And one of the things mm. my husband and I have been so grateful for over the years is that, you know, it's not a church that ever had a big youth group. So they never had really mm-hmm. a lot of friends their age. So they had a really different mm-hmm. church experience than a lot of their friends. But they always mm. knew people who were in their college years. They knew faculty members. They knew people who were just in the college community who were following mm-hmm. Jesus. And that was it was it's so essential that kids grow up in the church. That doesn't just mean that they go with their parents to church. But it means that they go into they walk into a church family and they see that it's expressed in a lot of different ways. You know, there are people there of different economic uh, backgrounds. There are Mm -hmm. people who are married or single or widowed or sick or, you know, whatever it is. And I don't I just I just think that's I think that's so vital. Well, and I don't have the source in front of me, but I've heard that actually one of the biggest determinants of whether or not a child who grows up in a Christian home remains a Christian as an adult is whether or not they've known other adults who are Christians Mm -hmm. beside their parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I remember in my early 20s, one of the hardest things was to get my dad out of the middle of my relationship with God because he was so concerned for me, Hmm, you know, when I started asking hard questions. But he kept trying to insert himself, and it was like, no, Dad, I have to work this out with God. If there is any chance of this surviving, I have to figure this out directly with God. This cannot be about my relationship with you. Wow, was that a hard thing for your dad to hear? Well, you know, I mean... I was really grateful that the last time I talked to him before he died this past April, he urged me to follow God based on my conscience mm. and not his. Yeah. And in a way, it took our entire relationship for him to get there. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, he, he always knew it in part, but then I think... You know, we, we all struggle with control. I see it all the time in myself. And I think as a parent, you want so badly for your child to live the best life that they can. And if you're a Christian, of course you want them to follow God. But I'm so grateful that I had that kind of release from him. And that, mm. you know, in a way, even though I was like 44 at the time, or 43, it was like yeah. kind of like dad finally acknowledging like, you're actually an adult. And I have to trust you to God because I can't be here hmm. to see whether you live the way I think you should or not. Right. <laughs> right. So you, you but, give you up know, you give up because there's no option. Right, right. But you know, I mean that's the great thing about the church is even though I'm now in the process of learning how to grieve, there are father figures around me in my community here. And you know, dad wasn't the only older man in my life. Yeah. yeah. God has lots of people he can use. Yeah. Anna Broadway's with me, author of Sexless in the City, a memoir of reluctant chastity. Um, Anna, you've joined us, I don't know, three or four times before now, and we've gotten such a great response from our listeners. And one of the questions that I always hear from them, or a statement I always mm-hmm. hear from them, is, oh my gosh, first off, thank you for having someone who's single on your radio program. But they want me to just, I don't know, it's not even really phrased as a question. It's more like, I'm a part of a church and I love my church, mm-hmm. but boy, as a single person, there is not a whole lot for me there. 
Um, and so, again, another moment where I've had my eyes open and say, oh, you know, a lot of especially an evangelical church programming is based on mm-hmm. marriage or parenting. Yeah. And, you know, that's a question I've struggled with as I'm working on my book for Nav Press, because sometimes I think singles do feel really left out when there's not any kind of program or class for them. But on the other hand, that can also entail a form of segregation, which I don't think is very healthy. I'm really grateful that when I was in college, I went to a church that didn't really do age and stage groups, but they were intentional about it and saying like, no, we think that all of us should be involved in the life of the church. And so, you know, there was a never married and childless woman I interviewed in Canada who had actually been asked to help lead a class on parenting by some people in her community, yeah. mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah, I, I love that. Anybody else who's reported that, but they had observed the way that she interacted with children in her community and thought there were such good things happening there that she could be a person to contribute to that class. And one thing I will say also based on my research, it's easier to integrate a group that's maybe just couples or families if you're not the only one. Yeah, I thought about the that. The pastors right. I talked to who had more integrated community groups said the ones that were the most successful had more than one single person and more than one married couple. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not the only one in your stage, but it's not all just people like you. They said those were the healthiest community groups. Right. So the trick is, I mean, that's easier to achieve in a larger church, right? In a smaller church, that can be a little more difficult depending on, you know, there might just be one married couple in a really small church. We have a lot of churches like that in Pittsburgh, you know, really tiny neighborhood mm-hmm. churches where there might be 30 people that show up on a Sunday. Yeah. And But yeah. now the good thing is if 30 people show up on a Sunday, that's your small group. <laughs> right? Right. So, you know... Although that's really probably two or three small groups. You're right. Yeah, it could be, depending (laughs) on how you look at it. Um, Anna, talk talk about your... um, For people who are are hearing your voice for the first time, talk about the trip that you took um, and the book that you're writing as a result. Yes. So in 2018, I quit my full-time job and packed up my apartment and put everything in storage so that I could research a book on the global experience of singleness. I thought it would take me a year. In fact, it took 17 months for all the field work because I ended up interviewing more than 300 people in about 40 countries around the world, most of them in person, and then came back to the U.S., ended up moving to Alaska, where I now live, and I'm currently under contract with NAF Press writing a book about what I found. And I, I, I've told you this every time we've talked about this. I cannot wait to read that book. I mean, what <laughs> a fabulous, of course, I'm wondering, is it going to be 3000 pages? I mean, with all those interviews and all of the play, okay, let me ask you this. This is a question I don't think I've ever asked before. Um, we've talked about fabulous people that you met um, on the mm-hmm. trip. Um, was there anybody you met who you thought, um, I can't, I can't picture them in, I can't picture them married. You know, they are so solid in their singleness. They seem so complete the way they are. It's no surprise to me that they weren't married. Um, well, you know, I didn't really think about 
people in terms of what would this person be like married and sometimes, you know, we just had kind of a brief conversation. So I didn't get a real sense of who the person was, but I will say even people who hadn't chosen their singleness and, you know, might have been open to marriage in the right circumstances, the ones who were the most content had a clear sense of purpose about what their life was about Mm. and their work Mm -hmm. and had a clear understanding of how their work and their daily activities were helping to bring God's kingdom. And that's something that isn't about a church program or a teaching. That's something we all have to wrestle with. What is God asking me to do? How do I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? That's Anna Broadway, author of Sexless in the City, a memoir of reluctant chastity. Have you chosen a title for your new book, Anna? Well, I have a tentative title, but my publisher is supposed to come back to me with some options as well. So don't know yet, okay. but you can TBD. sign up to learn more at AnnaBroadway.com. Okay, that's awesome. Anna, thank you so much. So great to talk to you again. You're welcome. You too. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming up next, the weekend to remember is coming to Pittsburgh. We'll talk about what it is and how you can be a part of it next. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments, and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called, and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-936-5496. Can you repeat that? 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. 
The Catholic Men's Fellowship of Western Pennsylvania presents the 14th Annual Gathering of Men Conference, Created New, Saturday, September 24th at Gateway High School in Monroeville. A day for men to rediscover their connection with God and renew their bonds with each other. Featuring a powerful lineup of speakers, worship, and Holy Communion to call us out of isolation and remind us what it means to be created anew. For details, visit the Catholic Men's Fellowship of Western Pennsylvania today at cmfpitt.com. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop today and save big. Blindster.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. It'll be partly cloudy this evening with patchy late-night fog rolling in. And when your head actually hits a pillow, good weather for sleeping, low 55. For tomorrow, patchy morning fog, otherwise hazy sunshine, early taste of fall with a high 74. Mainly clear tomorrow night, patchy late-night fog, coolest night in months, low 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. We just spoke about singleness. Now we're going to switch tracks and talk about marriage. And both can be hard. There's no easy track in life. And uh, whether you've chosen to marry or you've chosen to remain single, uh, you need support from a community. Um, Anna Broadway was just talking about the importance of other people in her church who were able to, you know, be with her and care for her and speak into different parts of her life um, so that she's not going solo. And oftentimes, even if you are married, you feel like you're going solo. And um, so two people can live together and be living very separate lives um, day to day. The existence is just kind of come together maybe to eat a meal or, you you know, Eat the same food you get at the grocery store, and that's about it. Well, to change things, Weekend to Remember by Family Life has been putting on conferences for a really long time, encouraging men and women who are married to come together, to spend a weekend together, and to consider different things about their marriage that they haven't before. To talk about Weekend to Remember, which is coming to Pittsburgh, Bruce and Julie Boyd are on the air with me. Bruce and Julie, welcome in. Thank you. Okay, you guys, you've been uh, veterans of the Family Life Speaker Team, so, and plus you've been married for how long? Coming up on 39 years in December. Wow. Okay, so maybe you guys have seen some good and bad times both, yes? Oh, for sure, without a doubt. We come from really different backgrounds, so that's caused uh, a lot of interesting moments, let's just say. Okay, what's what's different about your backgrounds? Well, Bruce comes from the the perfect ideal family, uh, married for almost 50 years. My family was totally dysfunctional. My mom was married five times and she was mentally ill. And my dad was married four times and he was an alcoholic. So I lived most of my life with my grandmother. Hmm. Wow. And so coming together, it wasn't like you didn't love each other, but certainly there were a lot of bumpy patches. Um, you have three sons together. Um, so when did you start to think, did you ever reach a point in your marriage where you decided I need, we need some outside intervention? 
Well, fortunately, we didn't get to that point, but uh, Julie's grandmother came to live with us for about three years, and that was probably a very the most eye-opening moment in our marriage, for sure. Well, we were involved in some couple studies at our church, and so we had accountability through friends. But I think if we went back, I would probably be more likely to get counseling back then. I think then there was a stigma sure. towards that. Right. Um, is it? But yeah. now we highly recommend people get some good Christian counseling. Right, earlier rather than later. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, yeah, both um, is great. <laughs> yeah, totally. All the time. Right. Okay, so talk to us about Weekend to Remember. First off, people um, are listening to this. Their marriage might be in a rocky place, and they think, you know, the last thing I want to do is go to some weekend where I'm going to have to share, like, the deepest, darkest parts of our marriage with somebody I don't even know. Well, that's the beauty of the Weekend to Remember. It, it's just you and your spouse communicating, going through the projects together. You're never in a situation where you have to share anything with anybody else. So it's, we delve into communication, intimacy, conflict, uh, the importance of God and the Holy Spirit in your marriage. and uh, Roles of men and women, well, husband and wife in the relationship, yeah. But we've had a lot of couples come in a really bad place. In fact, this past weekend we were in uh, Augusta, Georgia, and we had several couples come up to us and say they were planning to get divorced. And after the weekend, they, they were going to work on their marriage. So it might just be a lifeline for somebody. Yeah, it certainly could. I mean, we, they, they come from all different states in their marriage relationship. Everybody from just uh, who's doing really well and just wanting an oil change and a tune-up all the way to the to the more difficult situations. My on-air partner, John Hall, is on vacation today, but he tells a story about he and his wife going to their first weekend to remember. And on the way to the event, they had a huge bl- blowout fight in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah. right they were walking into the building going through the glass doors not speaking and he thought this is like he was wondering if there was like an emergency section like where they needed <laughs> where they needed to sit once they got into the weekend to remember but of course there there was no such segregation well you know they can sit wherever they like we have actually had couples come in and sit on the opposite sides of the room and then end up together at the end and and sometimes they don't but for the most part, I mean, the, res- the results that we see, what God does in a weekend is just amazing. We're always in awe at what he does. The Weekend to Remember is coming to Pittsburgh Friday, September 23rd through Sunday, September 25th at the Pittsburgh Marriott North, which is in Cranberry Township. Um, talk about how people can register or get involved, Bruce, Julie. How, what, what's the process? Well, if they just go to weekendremember.com, uh, it's... Registration is right there on the site. They can pick their city. Uh, well, and we can actually get them a deal. We have a code for $100 off that they could use if they register, even for this weekend, next weekend, whenever. Just use our name, all in capitals, Boyd's, and they could save 100 bucks. Because I know for some people, money is a big issue. Absolutely. Okay, that's so, that's such a great offer. Okay, weekendtoremember.com. You can register yeah. for the Pittsburgh Weekend to Remember, which is coming up Friday, September 23rd through Sunday, the 25th, at the Pittsburgh Marriott North. If you put in the code BOYDS, B-O-Y-D-S, then that will guarantee you $100 off the uh, registration fee. BOYDS, thank you so much for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Absolutely. 
Terrific. And I do know that the Pittsburgh conference is getting close to sold out, but uh, they can still register and be put on a waiting list, or they can go to any conference in the country. There is one coming up in Akron in a couple of weeks, so that's not too far from you guys. Okay, great. Thank you so much to Bruce and Julie Boyd. Thanks, you guys, for being here. Check out weekendtoremember.com. The Pittsburgh one almost sold out Friday, September 23rd to the 25th at the Pittsburgh Marriott North. But you heard uh, Bruce say that there's one coming up in Akron. So if you can't get into the Pittsburgh one, you could take a little drive to Akron, which is a very nice community. You can also um, go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame while you're there if you want. $100 off. Use the code BOYDS, B-O-Y-D-S, Weekend to Remember. One hundred one point five WORD. You could win a four-day trip to America Fest 2022 in Phoenix this December to join Charlie Kirk and other conservative speakers. Learn how to defend your God-given rights. Winners receive flights, hotel, rental car, and VIP tickets to AmFest 2022. When you enter, you'll receive a PDF download of the Unashamed and Unafraid Challenge, a five-day study to grow your understanding of your calling to biblical citizenship. Sign up now at wordfm.com America. If you or a family member lived or worked at the Camp Lejeune military base from 1953 to 1987 and developed health issues that required hospitalization or extended treatment as a result of drinking toxic water on base, then you may be eligible to file a claim. Call BD Law Group now at 800-292-2972 to see if you qualify for compensation. Those who lived and worked at Camp Lejeune have shown an increased risk for several types of cancers and other serious illnesses female infertility, leukemia, kidney cancer, birth defects, lung cancer. Veterans, their families, military personnel, and civilian workers call BD Law Group now at 800-292-2972 to see if you or your loved ones qualify for compensation. BD Law Group will never collect any fees unless we win compensation in your case. Call BD Law Group now at 800-292-2972. Call 800-292-2972. As the war on Ukraine stretches into six months, the needs of displaced and refugee families continue to grow. We cook on open fires under shelling and bombs just because if you don't, you will have nothing to eat. Millions are still homeless, waiting for an end to the fighting so they can figure out what comes next. They remain in desperate need of essentials, including food. Since March, Food for the Poor and our ministry partners have shipped more than 10 million meals to displaced families. These meals have been distributed through pastors and refugee assistance centers throughout Ukraine and surrounding countries, and the help is gratefully received. But the need for food is ongoing. So will you please consider giving a generous gift right now? Each meal costs just 25 cents, so a little goes a long way. $50 will provide 200 meals. $150 sends 600. Please give your most compassionate gift now. Text send hope all one word, to 91999. Text send hope all one word, to 91999, and we'll send you a link to give. Or click the Help Ukraine banner at wordfm.com. In those days, 10 men from all the nations will take hold of the garment of a Jew and say, we want to go with you for we know that God is with you. Join Messianic Jewish evangelist Rabbi Kurt Schneider as he shares authentic teaching from the Old and New Testaments, unfolding revelation today for your brighter tomorrow on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Monday through Friday at 1.30 p.m. here on 101.5 Word FM.
Hospitality is one of those words that connotes different things to different people. You know, some think, oh, you know, I have to be a great cook or I have to have a nice house or I have to have a perfect family. And I really don't think any of those things are true. I think hospitality is a frame of mind. And I don't think oftentimes it it has to have a lot to do with your house at all. I think it has a lot to do with who we are. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this with Amy Julia Becker, who's been on our show for so long. She's one of our probably our longest guest friends. That's what I call them. Um, We met many, many years ago. Amy Julia writes on personal, spiritual, and social healing. She's the author of several terrific books, including her latest, To Be Made Well, An Invitation to Wholeness, Healing, and Hope. Amy Julia, welcome back. Kathy, thank you for having me, and thank you for that introduction. I really enjoyed what you had to say about me, but also what you had to say about hospitality. Yeah, I I do think it's bigger than that. I think it's bigger than, you know, the kind of apple pie you make or how nice Mm -hmm. your living room is. I really think it's a part of um, of how you look at life and other people. But you've been thinking about this, too. And then I noticed that you and I both read the same piece in The New York Times by David Brooks about um, how social we are, which has certainly informed how I look at things and is informing you as well. So talk about what you used to think hospitality was and have you changed your mind? Well, yeah, I think you put a good um, descriptor on it for me as well, like domesticity, you know, beautiful home, perfect family, apple pies, which I've never successfully baked. Me neither. um, And I have heard people say, and I think this is a helpful distinction, that hospitality is not the same as entertainment, like entertaining people at your home. Like having a home or an attitude, a posture maybe of hospitality is different than a posture of entertaining. So that has been helpful to me. And then I was working on uh, this book about healing, and I kind of noticed for the first time the word hospital within hospitality. Mm. And that also led me to think about, gosh, is there a healing that happens when we extend welcome to one another? And actually, things like David Brooks's essay, which talk about the ways we need one another, that we need encounters. And in this case, what he was writing about was actually conversations and encounters with strangers is something we actually need for our own well-being. And so that sense of like, whether it's opening up our homes or opening up just our hearts in terms of a conversation on a bus or, you know, standing in line, that that actually can be an act, not just of conversation, but actually of um, connection that can be a part of, of God's healing work in the world. And then the last thing I'll say is um, I just heard a sermon preached recently, so all these threads were coming together for me when I learned that the Greek word that in the New Testament is translated hospitality is the word philoxenia, which comes up, you know, the, the word philo we have like in the city of Philadelphia, right? Mm, the city love. of brotherly love. So, you know, philo is brotherly love, but then that xenia, I know of that word, um, that Greek word from the word xenophobia. So xenophobia is fear of the stranger, but philoxenia is love of the stranger. And that is the word that we find in the New Testament when we're told to practice hospitality. It's Mm. actually literally translated would be practice love of the stranger. So all of those things have really been reshaping and reforming my understanding of hospitality and what, what we're called to do. When I think of, you know, the personality tests, I always come out Mm. on whatever the introvert side is. That's what Mm. I do. Right. 
I mean, I just, it's, and it's not that I don't like to be around people. It's just that, you know, my energy yeah. comes from when I, you know, how I, I love to be with people and then I have to go home and like get it together um, yeah. and get my, and get my energy back. Now in the David Brooks piece, um, this was really challenging because he mentioned specifically that introverts sometimes go into social situations with low expectations, but mm. introverts and extroverts together, both are consistently mistaken about how much they will end up enjoying a social encounter. So according to research, mm. he goes on to say, and I printed this out this afternoon, that commuters expected to have less pleasant rides if they tried to strike up a conversation with a stranger. But their actual mm. experience was precisely the opposite. People randomly assigned to talk with a stranger enjoyed their trips consistently more than those who were told to keep to themselves. And it goes on, you know, the article talks about how we have negative antisocial filters. And so we go into an airplane or a bus or, you know, whatever it is, waiting in line for the elevator with with no expectation or a negative expectation of what a conversation with somebody would be like when after it's over, the vast majority of people report actually enjoying it and that it was a benefit for them. Yeah, I know. And it's it's so interesting because I'm similar to you in the sense that I think about um, what it would take for me in terms of my own like courage <laughs> to strike up that conversation with the stranger, much less I don't feel as though that would do anything for me. Like, I'm like, I've got like, you know, a to-do list on my phone. I've got email to respond to, or I've got a podcast to listen to, you know, or whatever it is. And it's really interesting the ways we instinctively isolate ourselves instead of looking for ways to make connections. I I also think, and maybe, you know, this is not what David Brooks was writing about, but I do think there are ways to practice hospitality that don't have to be you know, striking up a conversation with a stranger in the sense of I mean to think about that word, like loving the stranger. Like, what does it mean to actually um, go out of our way, perhaps, to exhibit care and concern for a person who is different than us, who is other than us or seems to be other than us? Um, and, and, and I guess, I mean, conversation is probably always going to be a part of that. But I think maybe it's just that uh, the idea, like the Christian idea of hospitality, farther um, in terms of what that asks of us. But I think one of the things this David Brooks piece points to is, yes, it's kind of, for people like you and me, very much stepping out of our comfort zone, and yet there's a promise almost on the other side mm-hmm. that it really is worth it because we get to encounter, you know, the image of God in another person and how beautiful that is, especially when we don't expect it. Right. And we would never expect that there would be a reward on the other side. Because we're so convinced yeah. that there won't be. Exactly. We just want to get home. Right. So maybe maybe if we went into it knowing that there was going to be a reward, we'd, more, we'd be more likely to do it. There's somebody I know, Amy Julia, who's a friend who is, I think, particularly gifted in hospitality, um, just in a myriad of ways. But when he came into, I go to a very old church. And it's an old building and, you know, mm-hmm. over 125 years, a lot of things happen. Anyway, he came into the building and it was his first time. And I was so surprised with what he said. I, after it was over, I said, how was your experience today? And he said, well, the first thing was, where are your bathrooms? Mm-hmm. Like, There's no sign 
where yeah. your bathrooms are. And, and yeah. he said, and that made me feel like an outsider because all the rest of you know mm. what's going yep. on. But that made me feel like I didn't. Now, I'd never considered that. But that is a really yeah. that's a very practical thing that we we totally. can tend to, we can tend to operate like a family and make people feel like they don't belong or we're not glad they're there by something as simple as that. I think that speaks to exactly what I'm saying as far as like conversation is not the only way to extend hospitality. Um, one of the things I think about a lot, as you know, we've talked over the years about uh, the fact that we have a daughter with Down syndrome. And so I've thought a lot about uh, the way in which churches or schools or other spaces welcome or not uh, people with disabilities. And so, you know, whether that is having, especially in like a very large congregation, options for people who are hearing or vision impaired, um, whether that is having a way for someone who's using a wheelchair or a cane to get into the sanctuary without having to go around the back, you know, things like that. Is do our signs, our programs, our um, physical space communicate welcome? And to whom are we communicating welcome? Even just like the pictures point. of people who are hanging in the halls, you know, all yeah. of those types of things can really um, communicate without words who we think belongs here. I love that. That's Amy Julia Becker. Check out her latest book. It is called To Be Made Well, An Invitation to Wholeness, Healing, and Hope. Amy Julia, wish we had more time. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Kathy. Always great to talk to you. That's my guest friend, Amy Julia Becker. Coming up next, talk a little bit about Queen Elizabeth. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments, and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called, and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-936-5496. Can you repeat that? 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million million dollars of affordable term life for you all you need to do is call big lou at 800-333-1750 lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor call 800-333-1750 big lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford remember big lou's like you He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. 
A successful baseball coach gets the offer of a lifetime. We need a new coach. I'm looking at it. I'm Coach Brooks. I love this gang. When his methods reveal his faith, two worlds collide. Your job description at this school reads coach, not pastor. I'm being forced to choose between providing for my family and doing what God called me to do. This is bigger than baseball. It's bigger than you. Champions live here. Running the Bases. In theaters Friday. Rated PG. Tickets and showtimes at runningthebasesmovie.com. You just keep winning. The battle lines are drawn. The war for America's soul is on the line. Learn who's on the right side. Join Salem Media Group and this station for the Battleground Talkers Tour. Coming in October as the best minds in conservative media and thought dissect the coming midterm election. Wired Differently presents Gallagher, Hewitt, Prager, and Tatum. The Battleground Talkers Tour. Thursday, October 20th at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. Tickets at wordfm.com. Sponsored in part by Abernathy and Hagerman Law. Culture is fascinating. In uh, in countless ways, uh, it forms who we are and how we think, how we talk. And, of course, we each have our own personality. But that cult, that society that we're born into, that just really forms us. And when you look at clips of the late Queen Elizabeth II, she – I mean, I know she's the queen – but like she just couldn't be more British in her look, in in her speaking, in her approach to the world. Um, and one of the things I love about the Brits is their sense of humor is so – it's so dry. It's so – reserved it's so like it's it's a beat back and because of that it's just you can't there's nothing like it you know watching spinal tap um is different because they're supposed to be british it's just different you know reading jane austen is not the same as reading um flannery o'connor because jane austen thinks differently and talks differently it's not just a matter of different historical areas it's just the the soup that you're boiled in it's just what it is anyway i saw a clip um about queen elizabeth today and um it was a story that was told by her um like the man who was assigned to be her guard like her personal policeman and um he told this story and i'm playing this courtesy of sky news today this is the story he told about the late well, queen one of my favorite stories is when we were at balmoral and the queen used to go up there in may to Crogowan House and just stay there privately for a weekend. And she would go out at lunchtime for picnics, and very often it would just be the police officer and Her Majesty. And one of the picnics I went out with her, we had a lovely picnic and a lovely chat, and then we went for a little walk, just the two of us. And normally on these picnic sites, you, you meet nobody, but there was two hikers coming towards us, and the Queen would always stop and say hello. And it was two Americans on a walking holiday. And it was clear from the moment that we first stop they hadn't recognized the queen which is fine and the american gentleman was telling the queen where he came from where they were going to next and where they'd been to in britain and i could see it coming and sure enough he said to her majesty and where do you live <laughs> and she said well i live in london but i've got a holiday home just the other side of the hills <laughs> and he said well how often have you been coming up here oh she said i've been coming up here ever since i was a little girl so over 80 years and you could see the clogs thinking. He said, well, if you've been coming up here for 80 years, you must have met the Queen. I and as it. quick as a flash, says, well, I haven't, but Dick here meets her regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy said to me, well, you've met the Queen, what's she like? 
And because I was with her a long time and I knew I could pull a leg, I said, oh, she can be very cantankerous at times, <laughs> but she's got a lovely sense of humour. Anyway, the next thing I knew, this guy comes around, puts his arm around my shoulder, and before I could see what was happening, he gets his camera, gives it to the Queen, and says, can you take a picture of the two of us? <laughs> anyway, we swapped places, and I took a picture of them with the Queen, and we never let on, and we waved goodbye. And then Her Majesty said to me, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when he shows us photographs to the friends in America and hopefully someone tells him who I am. Oh, that's brilliant. Is that outstanding? I mean, first of all, if it was... How, how can Americans not know who the Queen of England is, if that's the first thing? But the second thing is, I just feel like if that was an American, you know, if that was, you know... Laura Bush or Michelle Obama or something. I feel like they would have said, "Well, you know what? I'm the, I was the first lady." Or what? I just I don't think we have what it takes in America to stand back and just kind of let something develop that we're not at the center of. So I heard that story about the Queen today, and I thought I gotta share that because it's inspirational that you could have that loose, that small of a grip uh, on who you are, and uh, also be that funny. A lot more coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Glad you're along. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Zelensky has been to the recaptured city of Zizum, a key logistics hub in northeastern Ukraine. This is significant because uh, this was a massive uh, city used by the Russians as a military hub uh, in the east of the country. And uh, the pictures we're seeing from Izum suggest that the Russians had to abandon this uh, city, even though they say that troops are regrouping elsewhere in the country. The Ukrainians feel they've got the momentum now, that the changes that we're seeing now on the front lines could be a turning point uh, in this conflict. BBC correspondent Hugo Bacheca. Retired Army Brigadier General Donald Bolduc has won New Hampshire's Senate Republican primary. Former President Trump calling him a strong guy, a tough guy. The Dow is down 56 points, the Nasdaq ahead 30. This is SRN News. You've all helped build MyPillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Glendale, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. Hey, this is John Hall. The Percale and Giza Dream bed sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream Sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. This offer will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bed sheets. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The first conscious act in organizing our people 
is to let them know who they are. From executive producer Larry Elder and director Justin Malone comes Uncle Tom 2, a deeper look at the true history of black America. There is no country in this world that a black person would rather be, unless, of course, they grow up in this country. Uncle Tom 2 uncovers the Marxist plot to demoralize America using false racial tension to destroy capitalism, replace God with government, turning black prosperity, faith, and patriotism into a perceived state of discontent, victimization, and anger. There was an intention to use black people to affect change. They're fed a lie that is so deceptive, they actually believe the opposite of that which is true. Uncle Tom 2 with Brandon Tatum, Fody Bauckham, and Chad O'Jean. Jackson. Watch on demand or buy the DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things, or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. It'll be partly cloudy this evening with patchy late-night fog rolling in. And when your head actually hits a pillow, good weather for sleeping, low 55. For tomorrow, patchy morning fog, otherwise hazy sunshine, early taste of fall with a high 74. Mainly clear tomorrow night, patchy late-night fog, coolest night in months, low 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon, Kathy Emmons. In the Word FM studios, John Hall, my on-air partner, taking another day off, wishing him a happy vacation as he does the beach thing. And uh, I can't wait to hear when he comes back all the books he read, all the music he listened to, all of that. Um, But for now, we have a great five o'clock hour ahead. Uh, Reverend Dave Moore is going to be joining us later in the hour to talk about what it's like to move from the Northeast here in Pittsburgh um, into a brand new place in South Dakota, which is actually a very old place. So we'll talk about that coming up. Also, um, there's a brand new drug um, that is beating chemotherapy in some uh, groundbreaking cancer studies. So we're going to talk about that this hour as well. Um, Also, the time of day you eat could make a difference for your mental health and we'll hit all of that before the end of the hour but before any of that uh, there's a lot in today's news uh, there's uh, data about inflation uh, the primary season is officially over West Virginia's legislature passed a bill restricting abortion access yesterday I mean there's a ton of stuff but 
Uh, I did take some time today to sit in front of my computer and watch as Queen Elizabeth II's casket was pulled in a horse-drawn cortege from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall this morning. And, um, you know, it... If there's one thing the Brits do extremely well, it is tradition and pageantry. And there was a lot of both of those. And so if you have a chance to look at video or see some photographs, it really was a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Um, And I think in watching it, you know, Americans just don't do things like that, which is, I think, why the royal family and all of this sort of traditional stuff is so fascinating to me as an American. Um, But in watching it, it was long. It was a it was about a 40 minute walk from uh, Buckingham Palace to Westminster and uh, the uh, queen's casket was drawn, as I said, by horses. Her children were walking behind her. Um, There was, you know, guards around all of the flags, everything, you know, you can imagine about 250,000 people in attendance. And um, I thought it was moving to me and I thought that there's something There's something fitting and special and necessary about ritual. And I bring it up because I think contemporary society is so resistant to that. We tend to think, oh, you know, it's no big deal. Like, I don't have to dress up anymore. You know, people show up at church in shorts or they go to a wedding in a pair of jeans or whatever. I mean, I wear different clothes to work than I ever did years ago. Um, I wear different clothes to church than I ever did years ago. Um, So it seems like we're kind of in this, and since COVID and since so many people worked at home, now it's, you know, even crazier than it used to be. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But if we throw out our rituals along with our our new adopted uh, casual lifestyle, I think we're losing something that is incredibly important. Um, my mom and dad both passed away in the same year, a couple years back, and the rituals of their deaths, uh, I, I had not, you know, I'd never really had somebody close to me pass away before that. And, um, so going through the wake, uh, seeing people at the viewing, reading the, the cards that came in the mail, looking at the flowers that came, uh, preparing a eulogy, delivering that in public, being in church, going to the cemetery, all of those things, I very, very much underestimated what that would mean for my personal process and saying goodbye to my parents. Um, And one of the enormous griefs I have about the COVID era. And, you know, we've all done a ton of things wrong in COVID. I'm not going to whine and complain about our elected leaders because I'm very grateful I wasn't one of them because you're dealing with a situation that you had no preparation for. uh, And there were a lot of mistakes made. um, And so I don't want to point the finger. I, I am one of those people that made a lot of mistakes in COVID. But I do think that perhaps one of the gravest is that we took away people's ability to go through important rituals, especially at the death of a loved one. And uh, when I think about people, and I'm sure I'm talking to many right now, who didn't have a chance to grieve for a spouse or a child or a parent um, during that time, I just I want you to know that my heart goes out to you. Um, and I, I don't know you, but if you didn't have a chance to do that ritual, I want to encourage you to do it. And I know that that seems weird. You think, well, you know, my 
parent passed away two years ago. I lost my I lost my child in 2020 or whatever. I, I just I, I do something, whether it's just you and a friend or whether it's just you or whether it's uh, 150 people or 500 people, whatever it is. I really think that a ritual is extremely beneficial um, in the grief process and in just taking time to remember a life and what it was like and who did it. And those times when I was able to think through the eulogy that I wrote for both of my parents were invaluable. I mean, just thinking of their, the days they spent as young people working, the time they spent meeting one another and the uh, devotion they had to my sister and I and all those sorts of things. I just being able to write it, to speak it, to acknowledge it, I think is really vital. Um, on yesterday's program, I talked about a ritual that my dad and I had uh, when I was a little girl. And that was that he um, he would come home from work for lunch. You can even imagine a time when that would happen. And he would make me sit down on the sofa next to him and we'd listen to a symphony. And this was a, would take like 40 minutes, but we did that five days a week, all the years that I was a little kid until I went to school. And then once I went to school, I would come home from school and sometime in the evening we'd listen to something. Wasn't always classical, um, but we morphed into jazz and pop and all sorts of things. But this guy, Ramsey Lewis, who you're hearing behind me, I think was one of my favorite things I listened to with my dad. Um, Ramsey Lewis was a terrific pianist and I'm bringing him up because he passed away yesterday. And this was my favorite song that I listened to with my dad. Um, this is Ramsey Lewis with Cleveland Eaton and Maurice White from Earth, Wind and Fire. Unbelievable trio. And, um, it's a ritual that I'm so grateful for. And when I hear this music now, I think of those days and I think of my dad and I think about how much I've changed because we took that time to do that thing over and over again. WORD. As the war in Ukraine drags on, innocent refugee families are in desperate need of food. Food for the Poor has sent millions of meals already, but more are needed. You can make a huge difference answering these families' prayers and pleas for food. 25 cents sends one meal to Ukraine, so a generous gift of $50 will provide 200 meals. Please give your best gift now. Just text Send Hope, all one word, to 91999. Text Send Hope to 91999, and we'll send you a link to give. 
or click the Help Ukraine banner at wordfm.com. As the war on Ukraine stretches into six months, the needs of displaced and refugee families continue to grow. We cook on open fires under shelling and bombs just because if you don't, you will have nothing to eat. Millions are still homeless, waiting for an end to the fighting so they can figure out what comes next. They remain in desperate need of essentials, including food. Since March, Food for the Poor and our ministry partners have shipped more than 10 million meals to displaced families. These meals have been distributed through pastors and refugee assistance centers throughout Ukraine and surrounding countries, and the help is gratefully received. But the need for food is ongoing. So will you please consider giving a generous gift right now? Each meal costs just 25 cents, so a little goes a long way. $50 will provide 200 meals. $150 sends 600. Please give your most compassionate gift now. Text SEND HOPE, all one word, to 91999. Text SEND HOPE, all one word, to 91999, and we'll send you a link to give. Or click the Help Ukraine banner at wordfm.com. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. If a super flexible schedule, great benefits, paid time off, and a signing bonus sound good, consider NAMS Transportation. NAMS has provided safe transportation to Northern Allegheny County and Pittsburgh seniors for over 40 years. Van drivers start at $17 an hour, sedan drivers at $14 an hour, plus a $2,000 signing bonus for part-time drivers and a $4,000 signing bonus for full-time. Must be 25 or older, no CDL required. Call 412-406-8611 today. This is Pastor Tom Hall. People are capable of such goodness. So why are we at war with each other? It turns out the Christian faith is completely realistic about human nature. Faith gives us the tools to examine ourselves and imagine a better future. Join us for worship at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown, Sundays at 1045, for our sermon series, What's Wrong With Us? Learn more at fpcp.org. of us who live in Pittsburgh, we're very, very certain that this is the best place to live in America. And so it's disconcerting when I talk to somebody who's moved away, who's actually enjoying themselves. It's, it's hard to come back from. <laughs> but I'm going to actually bring one of those people on the air right now. The Reverend Dave Moore is with me today. Uh, Dave Moore is on Zoom, and uh, the show is streaming live on YouTube if you'd like to watch at The Word Pittsburgh. Dave is pastor at Big Springs Baptist Church in Alcester, South Dakota. Dave has five kids with his wife, Jen, has served as pastor and executive director for several decades throughout the Northeast and the Midwest. And so, Dave, we're glad you're here to talk to us about your move. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Kathy? I mean, is it true that Pittsburgh is not the only place where a person can be happy? I'm not going to say that's true. I'm going to say that there are other forms of happiness. And (laughs) so you can possibly be 100% happy in Pittsburgh and 100% happy somewhere else. And those can be two completely different things. Got it. Okay. So before you came to Pittsburgh, Dave, you were living in the wilds of Maine, which yep. is, you know, a, certainly an environment all to itself, right? And so it was a yeah. big shift for you to go from Maine to Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, and but I grew up in eastern Pennsylvania uh, around Harrisburg, and so um, after I spent a few years in Indiana, five years in Maine, and then twelve in Pittsburgh, and so uh, I've I've really bounced around, kind of schizophrenic, and now I, I went to Maine, a town of 700, which really was just a, a region, like it, a town, town is a really relative term where, um, they, we, we had a, we had a convenience store and that was it. Um, coming to, uh, this area, um, with Pittsburgh in between is kind of like, uh, well, it's like going from Oz to Munchkinland. <laughs> Where, you know, you're, are you from the, the Emerald City to Munchkin Lane? Where in the Emerald City, we had, uh, we had a grocery store. We had one grocery store a mile away and five grocery stores two miles away. And now, um, well, I have, a, I have a gas station that's eight miles away. And um, that's about right. I, I don't want it to be much closer than that. Okay. All right. So, yeah. so 12 years in Pittsburgh uh, and deeply involved in church life, yes. um, got a call to serve a church in South Dakota. Um, you said yes. And so you've been there for a couple years. I, I guess the first question I have for you is how... How do you compare and contrast culture? I've been talking about that about that in today's show that we can't you, you can't separate Queen Elizabeth from Britain because no. that's where that's what made her what she is. No, and I think um, what you were talking about, uh, we I, I heard that the previous hour, and also what you were just talking about about writing the eulogy for your parents. Um, one of the biggest differences in culture. And and something I love and appreciate here is that everybody is involved in everything like mm -hmm. you're not able to avoid or silo yourself into one part of culture. So um, for me as a pastor, I I I liked being in the city. I, I mean, I was able to to make friends with you and and so many others. And um, I love knowing my way around Pittsburgh. I love zipping in and out of traffic and um, am completely comfortable walk, walking down Fort Duquesne Boulevard. But um, as a pastor, uh, one of the things that, and really as any church or anybody who's a part of life here, is um, I'm able, I have to be involved in everything. And writing eulogies, being being um, you know uh, running a funeral, that's what I do. Um, I have done wedding. I've been here eighteen months. I've done a couple of weddings. I've done twice as many funerals. Um, I have also driven a, a tractor trailer for uh, uh, for a local farmer. I have um, I, I I play pickleball with the old guys in town. I. Um, I, I write and I teach and I preach same as I always have. Um, but, uh, most of the people that I run with, um, are involved in more jobs than I am. And you're just not able to avoid or silo yourself into one thing. Hmm. That's interesting. So for, yeah. for the co post COVID era, I keep saying that hopefully this is the post COVID era for those. Okay. Thank you. For those of us yeah. who are thinking, wow, it's really amazing. We have two jobs now, right? Some people oh, have picked my. up two. So you're saying in South Dakota, it? people always, always had at least two. Always have at least two. And in, in fact, there, there's no such thing as a side hustle here. Um, especially for farmers. One of the, 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 the deepest, um, shifts 
in mentality, it, it has to do with, with land and the concept of land. And I, I just heard it the other day. Uh, two guys were talking about what a farmer was doing with his land. And one of them said, you can't fault a farmer for what he does with his land. Um, if, mm. if someone owns uh, 120, 160 acres, um, and he wants to plant wheat or he wants to plant alfalfa or he wants to plant soybeans or he wants to plant corn or he wants to graze cattle or he wants to let it lay fallow. He is going to do whatever is necessary in order to maintain um, the, the economics of that farm this year. And that's it. And he'll worry about next year, next year. And there's always a, a plan, but, um, but there is... Uh, there, there are guys that I know that sell seed that um, that that carry hay that when when um, uh, when there's a down year, well, that's all right. I'll just start trucking. Um, their wives work in um, their teachers, or they they're my like my wife right now works for has a full time job, and um, that's a very normal thing. And they ask, "What is your what is the pastor's wife going to do here?" Uh, she says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make the family run. And mm. that's what most people do. It, it is, it is just such a, an important priority shift from, yeah, well, I might have to take a second job. Um, the, if you were to count up the number of jobs that most of the people I know have, uh, you're probably going to get close to a dozen. Hmm. Interesting. And they love it. They love it. I mean, there's no, you know, that, that, that's another thing like, oh, I have to get a second job. No, this is, this is life. And to thoroughly enjoy the, this is life. Um, when I was in Maine uh, and I, I lived in a great place in Maine, very the Northern crown, like right up here, you know, the part of me that glows <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, lived there for five years and about 90% of the kids left. Uh, they, assumed that they were going to raise children who were going to leave, go to college and get jobs elsewhere. That's not the same thing here. Now there is, there is some movement toward the cities and there's certainly departure moving around, but there's not the same mentality of wondering why would you want to live here? Um, it's more of a, Oh, this, this place is fantastic, but we really don't think about it much. Um, we just live. And um, we like me, for example, I watch the sunrise every morning, I watch the sunset just about every night. Um, I, I, I have always had two or three jobs because I just enjoy doing different things. And frankly, we will do whatever it takes to, to make it work. So um, it's been neat to be in a culture that assumes that rather than that looks at you kind of askance wondering, mm -hmm. boy, yeah. be nice. Like when, for example, my wife, uh, we always canned applesauce and uh, sorry, we, we, it's a Royal wheat. My wife always cans applesauce <laughs> yeah. and um, we always freeze corn and do stuff like that. And we first moved to Pittsburgh. Um, somebody said, well, why, why do you want to apples and do all that work? If you need applesauce, I'll just buy you some applesauce. And she said, that's not the point. The point mm. is that we like doing this for ourselves. In fact, we feel self-righteous. It's a good kind of self-righteousness <laughs> yeah. about doing it for ourselves. So we eat our own applesauce, we eat our own corn, we eat our own salsa. Yeah. Okay. So that type of, um, that type of, you know, self-sustaining thing is different than in a city where you have to, you know, if, if the generator goes out, 
then there's, you know, at the top of the building, Gary and I were just talking about it during a power outage. You can't okay. believe that you're not going to have Wi-Fi like they're just you cannot <laughs> believe that there's going to be a moment or five where you're not going to I have know. Wi-Fi. It's just it's absolutely ridiculous. OK, when I think, though, of um, of a lot of the things that occupy our cultural attention, they have to do with arguing so arguing about different issues whether it's economic disparity or racial disparity or different issues related to how people talk on university campuses or what's said or not said or who you vote for and who you don't vote for um do you find a rural area like you're in more argumentative or less wow oh, that's a loaded question um i will preface it by saying that you can victimize yourself with whatever you want to victimize yourself, wherever you are. Mm. Uh, the beauty of the internet is that I can read the New York times the same <laughs> yeah. as I did at right. home. Right. The curse of the internet is I can read the New York times. If I want to be absorbed in that, I can. When I was in Pittsburgh, I said, look, what was more important to our lives is what the local school board does uh, is what the local township or city does who passes our taxes, who, who teaches our kids, they are more critical mm -hmm. to our daily lives than what is done in Washington. And, and out here, it's even more so. Now, um, you know, what, what Washington does with tariffs, what, if there's a freight rail strike, all of those things are going to be important. There's nothing we can do about that. And um, so there's a bit of tempering to the arguments and yet I still find there are a lot of people who watch Fox, watch Fox News. They can't believe that people would watch MSNBC. There are a lot of people who watch CNN. They can't believe the idiots who watch Fox News. And I'm like, you realize this is 1,200 miles away, a place you have never visited and issues that have no impact on your lives. Um, and and uh, it, at least it's nice we're not talking about the weather <laughs> but not much better. And in fact, when it when it comes to dividing us, uh, you were you were talking about marriage uh, earlier. When it comes to dividing us, if we want to be in a fight, we will find anything to fight about that we can. Um, doesn't really matter what triggers it. And if we don't want to be in a fight, then we can probably choose to communicate in such a way that we don't get into a fight. Um, and it doesn't matter what's going on in the world around us. Hmm. The Reverend Dave Moore is with us, pastor at Big Springs Baptist Church in Alcester, South Dakota. We need to take a break. When we come back, Dave, I want to ask you specifically about the church. Yeah. How's the church different in the Midwest than it is in the Northeast? We'll talk about it next. It's the ride home. Nothing in this world beats real life experience. Now, of course, a lot of us have sent our kids to college. There's a lot of classroom work and theory and whatnot, but then hopefully there's a day where the rubber hits the road mm -hmm. and your kid goes out and spreads wings and becomes part of the real life environment of what it is to earn a living. And prior to that, the internship is what gets you ready, right? That's the time when you're like kind of in the work world, but not fully in the work world, right? And you're kind of trying to test your wings and ask the questions and get some guidance and maybe perform well enough that you could get somebody's attention later on and maybe get a job. Right. Now at Grove City College, 
the opportunity for internships exists mm-hmm. and people cement themselves inside of a, a corporation. And once you graduate, then, I mean, the possibilities are endless. On campus, people come to Grove City and go, we know the nature, the quality mm-hmm. of these students. This is an A+. plus. We're invested in these students because we see what you produce. Count us in as corporate partners. So if that sounds interesting to you or something that might be appealing and a great thing for your child to strive for, consider Grove City College. Look them up online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. My nephew is obsessed with treasure hunting. We watched that National Treasure movie where the hero solves all the ridiculous puzzles on his way to finding treasure. And ever since, he's been hiding painted rocks in the backyard and making treasure maps. In the movie... The hero has to find a clue inside a glacier, steal the Declaration of Independence, and outsmart the FBI. But for you, you happen to be living in a moment arguably unlike any other, where your home went and grew hidden treasure on its own over the last few years. Home values have gone nuts, leaving most of us with a significant opportunity to do a cash-out refinance and to use that newfound treasure for life. Many use it for credit card or high-interest debt or to just help with a difficult financial time. Many others use it for home projects, vacations, or treasure hunting gear. If you're curious what's hiding in your home, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a listener 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. You've served our country and made us proud. Many of you have come home, continue to lead, and look out for one another. So it's important we all learn the five signs of emotional suffering. If you or someone you know is experiencing one or more of these signs, reach out, connect, offer to help. Hey, what's the matter? In or out of uniform, we can help our families and nation stay strong. Visit changedirection.org. It'll be partly cloudy this evening with patchy late-night fog rolling in. And when your head actually hits a pillow, good weather for sleeping, low 55. For tomorrow, patchy morning fog, otherwise hazy sunshine, early taste of fall with a high 74. Mainly clear tomorrow night, patchy late-night fog, coolest night in months, low 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. Welcoming an old friend back to the Pittsburgh Airwaves. The Reverend Dave Moore is with me, pastor at Big Springs Baptist Church in Alcester, South Dakota. Uh, Dave lived here in Pittsburgh for a long time, more than 10 years, and uh, also subbed for John several times in studio. And so, Dave, I'm super excited to see you on Zoom and uh, really glad to have you on the show this afternoon. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Dave, let's talk about church in our first yep. segment. Uh, you kind of compared and contrasted living in the Northern part of, uh, New England, moving to Pittsburgh and then moving to the Midwest and South Dakota. Um, in particular though, I'm thinking about the church. Everybody does church differently depending on denomination, but do we do church differently depending on region? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, for one thing, and I, you know, I'm, I, I'm glad you're asking about the church because that is one of the big things that attracted me here. And I'm like, I have, I have a different role. I, I understand my role as a pastor is, is uh, to shepherd places that are in, in need of um, either special care or 
um, like, like I've said, there's often um, either an implosion in the recent past or one that's coming. Mm. And so um, I, I enjoy this work. And so I, you know, I will say, well, yeah, I felt called here in a way I hadn't really thought of South Dakota before, but what, um, what we found more and more is we were, we were in, in Pittsburgh over 12 years, the longer we went, the more we wanted to, um, we felt like getting out of the city. And so we'd go to visit my mother-in-law. We, we would get about an hour out of the city and then breathe. And then Mm. it, it came to us, you know, I love looking at the stars at night. I love quiet. I love having no neighbors whatsoever. And so there are places in the world that are like that rather than looking at that on vacation, why not look for it? Well, you know, where we live. And so I, I, I opened my horizons, but um, that does impact how church is done. I am, I'm in a church that um, on the surface wouldn't look much different than others that I have served. It is, um, it was founded in the late 1800s. It would originally was a prairie church. And actually the church I'm in was one of the founding churches in the, in the prairies up here. And, um, the, the, um, an attraction is that it has a, um, a terrific spirit of, of getting things done. They take incredible care of their building. Um, and always have, and they take good care of their pastors and, and they have, they've always done that. Um, but there is an attitude around capital and around buildings and, and things that is very different from, uh, I will say, uh, you know, a lot of Baptist churches I've been in where they say, ah, the church isn't the pe- the building, the church is the people. Well, but how you take care of the building says something. And, and more importantly, the ability to take care of the building says something. And, and these are folks who, um, if they need something, they'll just build it. Um, hmm. They'll just, and, and, and uh, very, very generous about doing that. It, it's amazing. Uh, when I think about trying to fit things into little, little blocks, um, they have no idea what it is like to say, live in a row house. Um, when, when I, um, around the church here, one of the problems we have is we have so much space that we don't manage it really well. And that creates a management problem for the church where, um, you know, we, we, we're used to spreading out. And so therefore we're not very good at, at sharing. We wouldn't do good living in a townhouse, but, um, too much space. I'm trying to figure that out. Too much space, too much space or sanctuary is too much. And it's, it's great. It's a wonderful problem. But um, as far as how church is done, like a typical worship service, uh, not terribly different, except there are things that we pray for like rain and mm-hmm. harvest that we didn't pray for in the city. Oh, yeah. we pray for rain. It was, oh, we're in a drought. That means that we, we can only water our lawns twice a week. Um, you know, a drought out here means, and we're in a drought right now, it means crops are failing. It means, uh, farmers are not sure whether their insurance is going to cover their loss this year. It is a, it's a six figure problem. If that, 
Wow. Um, and so we pray for rain. I pray for uh, machines to work. And as a pastor, there's not as much a concern about what cause you have. Are you are you interested in racial justice? Are you concerned about the homeless? Are you concerned about food? Um, about, you know, do we need we need to start a food bank? You need to have a cause. And, and out here, I don't need to have a cause. I I preach, I teach, I shepherd. Um, and it, I love it. It comes, it, it, it's exactly what I got in the ministry for. And so mm. I, I don't call myself a senior pastor. Um, I'm just a pastor. That's so, what I do. Okay, so that's really interesting because I think in, I don't know if, again, this is because we are in a city or because we're so modeled and molded by what we see on television as far as New York and L.A., that we really are cause-oriented most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. And my cause, and I said this when I was in Pittsburgh, and it was a big frustration to me. My cause is the gospel. My cause is read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the hills I'll die on. And I am here to equip you in your cause. So, um, you know, in terms of outreach, I encourage people, bring your ideas. Um, and I always did bring your ideas and let's shape them and tell me what you need. Just like a, a good boss that I had who always asked, tell me what you need. I asked people, tell me what you need. Do you need me to run interference? Do you need what kind of equipment equipment do you need? I'm here to equip you. But right now, I am very dryly walking my church through reading the Gospels. And um, because that's <laughs> as what only I you believe, can do, right? As only I can do. Yeah, we, we have Bible studies on Wednesdays if you want to come, 10 and 6 15. And um, the one component of Bible study is we're going to read through the Gospels. We read Matthew 1 through 3 this morning. And then I asked people, what do you notice? And um, because that's the most that the best equipment I can give them, that is the equipment that I uniquely can give them. Yeah. I went to school. I have the experience I have. And, and I believe I have gifting and, and most importantly, I have the responsibility. If you, um, you, you can, you can get, um, jumping, uh, jumpy houses, you can get, um, recreation, you can get causes in just about any mm. other location, but the church is the one place that is uniquely commissioned and equipped and is actually paid to just teach the Bible and just get people to revere God's grace. And that's what I get to do. That's what I sold myself as when I was candidating here. And I thankfully have been allowed to do that in a way that was very unique um, is like, oh my gosh, this is what I went to. This is what I got. And I don't even want to call it getting the ministry. This is what I went to be a pastor. Mm. for. I like being a pastor. I don't like being a ministry leader. I don't like being a CEO. I don't like being a senior pastor. I like being a shepherd. And so some days that means writing a eulogy. Some days like yesterday, that meant uh, I spent, I spent Tuesday afternoons at the local nursing home with no agenda whatsoever. I go in and visit people and tease them and they tease me and, um, and pray with them. Uh, there's, there's one guy that, that can't say anything. So I'm just reading through John with Mm. him. Um, and that's what I get to do. 
that is what the church here allows me to do. And what, and, and I don't think it's just, you know, that I've landed in Oz myself. I have found that most churches in this area, they're just looking for a pastor. Yeah. They're just, they're just looking you, I will do my job. You do your job, but don't try to do my job because if you're going to try to do my job, if, if you want to, you're not going to, and you're going to get in each other's lanes. And so I have really appreciated, I write Bible studies, I teach, I, you know, and I have other things that I do, um, but it is all wrapped up in this idea of being a pastor. And that's what I, that, that's what I do. I love that. Dave, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story today and just kind of giving us a window into a place that isn't a city. And uh, I know there are tons of people who listen to the show who live in rural areas. But, you know, I and all the people who work at the station are very much in this soup pot. And so yeah. getting a vision on what else has gone on in other places. Is Let true. me out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Gary, we have all the space in the world. And we are looking for a, uh, a resident associate. One of the things we want to do as a church is train up ministers to do this kind of ministry. You don't get that training in seminary. I'll send you so a resume. Come on and, <laughs> okay, send your resume. Okay, uh, 20 seconds. Tell me what you think of the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Um, boy, they're one to know they've got to be going to the Super Bowl. What do you think of the Steelers? Exactly the same thing. I'm very encouraged. I'll see you in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Good to see you, Dave. Good to see you too, Kathy. Thanks. One hundred one point five WORD. This week on Truth For Life, we're considering some serious warnings from the book of James. Hear about the hazards of preaching and the dangers of the untamable tongue. Then we'll wrap up with a closer look at what true wisdom is and what it isn't. That's on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800 500 5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, a 
Of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Being a believer in Christ means a lifelong pursuit of getting to know God better. The devotional book titled God Is examines 26 attributes of God, one short chapter at a time. As you request a copy of the book from Truth For Life today, you'll learn about God's patience, His holiness, His faithfulness, just to name a few. And you'll learn how these characteristics were perfectly displayed in the Lord Jesus. Visit truthforlife.org slash donate. I haven't had cancer yet. It's kind of the way I look at it. I mean, it's just, it seems like this is just what every person is just going to suffer at some point in their life. So I haven't been the person who's been in the chair in the treatment room, but I have spent countless hours with loved ones in those rooms and in those chairs, um, sitting there as a support person, going to get a newspaper or a drink or just um, be a support, tell a joke, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so I read with uh, a lot of interest the news that broke yesterday on a new cancer drug, which beats chemotherapy in a brand new study. I'm reading the article from yesterday's Wall Street Journal, and it talks about Amgen's lung cancer pill, Lumacris. Now, lung cancer is the most widely diagnosed cancer in America right now. Um, and uh, so this new pill, Lumacris, beats out a common chemotherapy in a late stage study, helping patients survive without their tumors getting worse, though it did fail to provide what it calls reduced overall deaths, the company said. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a bit. Lumacris is the first approved drug in an emerging class of treatments. Um, and so it's a different way of attacking the disease. Um it targets a genetic mutation called KRAS that is among the most common found in cancers. And over the last, I don't know how many decades, researchers have struggled to design a drug that was capable of attacking the mutation, uh, which has earned a reputation as, quote, undruggable. Uh, so Amgen, as I said, is the maker of this drug, but there are several other companies that are developing KRAS-targeted drugs. Um, and looking at why the drug might be uh, attractive to a, a patient taking it. First is that it's not chemotherapy. It has fewer side effects. Um, the second thing is that it does help patients survive without their tumors getting worse. Um, but it is more expensive. So there's a study that the Wall Street Journal talks about, 345 previously treated lung cancer patients. Uh, patients taking Lumacris went five and a half months without their cancers getting worse, compared with four and a half months for patients taking the chemotherapy docetaxel. 
it's not like this is a cure, as they say. Um, but when you're in a situation like this, you want to take whatever is available to you. And so, of course, a difference in a year plus could make uh, a lot of difference. In all, 25% of patients who received Lumacris lived for at least one year without their cancers getting worse, compared with 10% of patients who received chemotherapy. Um, it is uh, very expensive, 17000 $900 a month. Yep. Now, docetaxel, the chemotherapy I talked about, $1,700. Okay, so the difference between $17,000 and $1,700. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about. Um, now, so as far as um, long-term benefit, I said that there it doesn't seem like there are, uh, there's a lot of research to show that it actually extends life, but it sounds like we're going to need more study to determine that because the people that passed away while they were on the drug passed away from other associated issues. So it's kind of, they're going to have to isolate whether this drug Lumacris is actually extending life um, and they're going to have to take away other contributing factors. So that's going to take a much longer study than what they've done up to this point. But what I can say is when I read good news, I mean, I like to share it. So that's the latest. If you're battling cancer right now, if you are a support person for someone who's battling cancer, there are millions of people working on this and i'm happy to bring you even if it just is one little kernel of good news for your day after this break we'll come back the time of day you eat could make a difference to your mental health so should you stay up late and eat or should you get up early i'll tell you next want to say big on new blinds blindster.com offers custom-made blind shades and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers shop blindster now and save 45 percent off any order just use code radio offer and soon shop today blindster.com charlie dombeck here from key city capital as a practicing cpa for nearly 30 years i have found that 80 percent of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors taxes and investment performance at key city capital we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. Critical race theory. Is it critical or corrupting? Prominent Christian leaders fall into both camps. If the debate has left you confused and questioning, Rocky Springs Church presents a CRT conference Saturday, September 24th in Harrisville, PA, within 10 minutes of Grove City that examines the history of CRT. How we got here. Is it compatible with the gospel? And where do we go from here? 
Register at crtconference.rockyspringschurch.org. crtconference.rockyspringschurch.org. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular nine-day Mediterranean cruise? Join Alistair Begg in August 2023 to renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word. Explore the biblical landscapes Paul encountered as he shared the gospel along breathtaking cliffside villages. Simply call 855-565-5519 or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Amtrak has canceled all long-distance trains starting tomorrow to prepare for a potential strike on Friday. So uh, I don't know if that's going to disrupt your travel plans, but it might disrupt all of our shopping or grocery plans over the next few weeks or months should that come to pass. Anyway, news from um, a journal called Science Alert today that really gave me the bad news I didn't want to hear because I don't eat very much during the day. I'm really busy. I do a lot of reading and prepping for the show and stuff at my house. Anyway, I just eat very little during the day. I don't eat anything usually until I come into work here around three o'clock. So anyway, I have a little snack there. So I eat most of my food in the evening. Well, it turns out (laughs) that apparently I'm doing a very bad thing because there's new research that suggests that for people who have even spent years on a roster of night shifts, And eating then at that time, our body won't fully adapt to that altered schedule. In fact, the negative effects appear to be worse the longer a biological clock is thwarted. And you say biological clock, what do you mean? Well, this study suggests that our biological clock would tell us that we should be eating and active during the day. And at night, we should just go to bed. But I live in a contemporary society, and I would like to get away from this, okay? I come alive at night. The study has asked how we can protect shift workers like nurses or security guards or firefighters who make up to 30% of the global workforce from poor mental health while still maintaining their services. So they're talking about melatonin and light therapies that are being investigated as solutions, but maybe something even easier to address, and that is when they eat. So the typical human body's balance of hormones, according to the study, fluctuates throughout the day based on circadian clock. And evidence suggests that nighttime meals can mess up your and my metabolism. That could be part of the reason why shift workers tend to have a higher body mass index and a greater waist to hip ratio than daytime workers. So researchers are looking into whether avoiding meals at nighttime could improve the well-being of shift workers and might improve my well-being as well. 
But see, I don't want to receive that news. So I'm not sure if that could impede any of the benefit I might receive from this. Anyway, a recent trial suggests that confining meals to daytime can help prevent mood vulnerabilities associated with different bits of night work. So they did a study. When, sim- when night workers were served meals in the day and at night, as is common with many shift workers, there was a 26% increase in depression-like mood levels, which is sad, and a 16% increase in anxiety-like mood levels. Now, the group that only ate in the daytime reported no mood changes whatsoever. So they were just fine. Exactly. All the crying people are eating at night. Quote, we found evidence that meal timing had moderate to large effects on depression-like and anxiety-like mood levels during simulated night work, and that such effects were associated with the degree of, you ready for this, internal circadian misalignment. I'm going to get t-shirts made. Internal circadian misalignment. Yeah. So... Look, the bottom line of this story is that I shouldn't be eating at night and neither should you. But this is what happens. You know, I work hard all day and I go home and I change my clothes and I make dinner. And by the time dinner's done and I feed the cats and I do the dishes, it's probably about nine o'clock, right? Well, now I'm ready for a snack. This is when I come into my own. I'm at my very best at that time of day. I don't want a snack at 11 a.m. What's a snack at 11 a.m.? So if I just stopped eating at night, right? So let's say that I finish all my evening tasks and I go to bed at 930, which is unthinkable because I'm just going to lay there with my eyes open because who wants to go to bed at 930? Anyway, I'm going to go to bed at right. I'm going to go to bed at 930. And then I'm going to get up at some crazy hour, like five or something. I don't know what that is. And I'm going to get up and eat. Is that what normal people do? I guess. Normal people go to bed and get up and eat? In South Dakota, maybe. I don't know. Thanks for being with me today. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.